Is there ever a good time to have kids? Quote unquote good time. Good, yeah. So I think you could probably make a case, depending on how charitable of a conversation you're having, <laughs> that there probably is never a good time to have kids and that it's never convenient in the world's sense of convenience. Mm. However, on the other side of that coin, I'd say that there's always a good time if we're viewing things through the proper lens and we're calibrating ourselves based on that. Of course, this conversation is a big conversation to be had. And so what we don't want to do here is to prescribe a certain thing. What we'd rather do is question this. this question big, the questions that we're asking. Yeah. So right? the question that we received, and that's a great question. And actually, it's timely for a lot of reasons, which yeah. we'll get to on the other side. But it's a great question. But at the same time... Uh, the premises need to be examined yes. a little bit. So we're going to do just that. And like I said, we have a really cool announcement with a big giveaway. And we'll make that on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. I felt like that was misleading me. Like, we have a big announcement talking about kids, and I'm like, we're not pregnant, people. We're not pregnant. <laughs> that's, we were, that's not we're happening our right audience. now. <laughs> that's not happening right now. <laughs> How do you know it's not happening right now? Um, it could be. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's Just not this, that's not this episode. So... <laughs> <laughs> Let's stick to what what we know right now. Yeah, we are. So we received. Sorry, before we get into that, we received <laughs> a question. Is they basically said we asked people what are some questions that we can speak to for better or worse mm. around the parenting, <laughs> around the idea of parenting, <laughs> the parenting. <laughs> and so uh, the question was, when's the right time to have kids? Well, we don't have the answer to that for every person listening to this, but I think we can help kind of parse through some of that, some of the heart motivations behind that. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely some dialogue, some questions that need to be asked, even about yeah. our preliminary questions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll get to that. So in that vein, we we mentioned having this big announcement. Selena's not pregnant, but this feels like a baby maybe have been born recently. <laughs> we announced fierce yes parenting. No. <laughs> so we, we, if you've been following this podcast for a little while, you've heard us talk about doing fierce parenting as kind of a, as just the parenting arm of the ministry that is becoming fierce families. Yes. Um, and so we've actually, we launched that back in March, I believe on Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. and already the community has been gathering around it. All that time, we've been working on resources and writing content and building out a place for parents to gather around uh, the topic of marriage, or excuse me, see, that's that's the habit right there, <laughs> around parenting and the gospel. Mm. And I'm happy to say, and this is the big announcement, and this is why we're doing the giveaway, is that FierceParenting.com is now live and ready for your enjoyment. Woo! We have over 30 articles there. We've got resources on, we have a seven seven facts about tech use in the family we have it's called the tech and uh, tech and screens guide mm. we also have a simple family worship guide we have a, we actually have an ebook it's over 50 pages long it's how to craft your own family vision statement yeah. with um i mean all kinds of steps tangible ways and you can download that if you if you go to the that resource on on the website so there is a lot of stuff that we've mm. put together i will just say ryan he's done such an amazing job at getting all of the content and resources ready 
Uh, but the neat thing about, I think, for me, of Fierce Parenting is that it is a, it is a more collaborative effort because we're only about seven years into this whole parenting deal. Yeah. And as you know, we have nothing nailed. But we are going to share with utter transparency, like we did in our marriage, of things that we have learned that have worked for us, uh, resources and tools. But this, I'm just grateful that we have con- contrib- contributive writers. Contributions? Contribu- what is that? Contributing. Contributing <laughs> writers. There's the word. See, guys? They're yeah, come gone. read all the stuff we've written because clearly all- we're so articulate. <laughs> <laughs> so come check it out. We yeah. are hoping to get some other contributing writers on board as well to top- talk about other hard mm. topics around parenting, uh, discipline, discipling. Yes. So It is a vast, vast oh, goodness, topic so much. with a lot of different um, voices that we really want to give them a place to yes. give us discipleship opportunities in the home. Yeah. And so that's the vision for it. Uh, today's actually, like I said, it's got that, the giveaway. We haven't even talked about the giveaway, but if you want to be a part of the giveaway, here's the thing you have until Friday at 5 PM Pacific time to enter. And here's how you enter. Well, first off, here's what you're going to win. <laughs> if you enter and win, we're giving away a date night done right. And that includes a $500 gift card, visa gift card, you can spend that on a hotel. You can spend it on doing something fun. You could spend it on, there's not a lot you can do because of uh, the, the pandemic, because lots of restaurants and like, you can't go see a movie. You can't go see a play or anything like well, that. It depends on where you're at, I guess. Depends but. on where you're at. But uh, the point I'm trying to make is that you can do whatever you want. You can pay your babysitter and you just want to get out. We're going to give away five of our favorite family parenting mm. marriage resources. There are five books that we're going to give away alongside that $500 Visa gift card. That's the first place prize. The second place one is uh, just the five books, which they're incredible books. So I think they're worth it in itself. You can see um, them on Instagram. Yeah. The post. Which so coincidentally, that's how you enter. Right. Yeah. So you go on Instagram, find at Fierce Parenting. You'll see a post of a stack of books. You'll get to see all the books there. Um, you, you, We did a little video. I think that we'll share. Yep. And you'll do a screencast to kind of show some of the resources on FierceParenting.com. Yeah. But go follow Fierce Parenting on Instagram and Facebook if you haven't followed that Fierce Marriage. And then you can find our own personal handles, which I'm always hesitant to throw out there. But, hey, here we go. Um, That's also how you enter. You follow those accounts. We follow us personally because we'll be hopefully uh, living this out kind of. Well, on display. Just, yeah, with, I mean, we're not trying to make people feel like we're not we have propping this ourselves life, up. You know, but, when Instagram is posted on my account, it is, oh, wow, look, a good moment. Let's take a picture and remember it because <laughs> <laughs> they're far and they're few and far between. But and God's grace so is fast. good. Yes. So, so that's pretty much mine. It's just I share basically times when I'm doting on Selena or our kids <laughs> or we do something yes. really fun. And but so, I think I post like once a week. So make sure you follow all of those handles mm-hmm. and you comment on the Fierce Parenting Instagram post. Comment and tag a few of your parenting friends, parenting parents to be anybody you think should be following. Yeah. And you get bonus entries if you share the story. Share yeah. in your story. Sorry. Again, you have until Friday this week. Sorry if you're listening to this episode in the past. Fast forward here. But you get until Friday this week. Uh, and that is, I believe, September Ooh. 3rd? Or no. 4th, 4th. September 4th. Wow. I think. Don't hold me to that. But um, anyway, to do that, and we'll announce the winner then. Yeah. Also, man, sorry, guys. This is a big day for the for for us. Oh, yeah. And to make a quick note. This this podcast will continue. This podcast will continue being marriage focused, and we do have a fierce parenting. It's going to be a shorter format. It's going to be a lot more kind of punchy, a fierce parenting version of this podcast that will be live sometime in the near future. Uh, but just so you're, if you're worried that that's somehow going to evolve into 
I, that's the vision right now. Um, the other big thing is, and this is why we're so thankful for our patrons that we just crossed over a, a significant, two significant thresholds here today. We are officially in season four of the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Woo! And honestly, you guys, seasons are, they could be whatever you say they are, right? <laughs> like it's just a matter of me clicking a button in the back end. I think it's a year. So we're actually heading into our fourth year mm -hmm. of doing this podcast. We've not missed a single week. Can you believe that? Mm. I honestly can't believe that. I thought for sure we were going to miss weeks all the time yeah, when we started we this were, thing. We only had two kids when we started it. <laughs> and the, 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 our, uh, our middle child was, was just a baby baby. It was a baby baby, yeah. yeah. I think we actually started the, the year that she, she was, was born. She was born, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So the point we're trying to make is, man, our patrons have helped us cross yes. this threshold into the fourth season, but we've also crossed another threshold. That's 500, 5 million downloads. <laughs> Five million downloads, Praise which God. to me feels like uh, it feels like a lot. So we're thankful for that. We're thankful that people are continue to to entrust us with their time and their brain power and their ears while they're working out, working around the house, living their lives. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you want to partner with us, with us and continue to get this message out there, uh, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage uh, and we will continue to be faithful as long as God allows it. We are thankful for whatever uh, contribution you feel led to make there. It also keeps us from being too dependent on companies, big tech, all that kind of stuff that don't really adhere to the same biblical Christian family values that we that we feel convicted to continue parroting on this. Mm. So there and there's another final big announcement and it's, it's our anniversary week. <laughs> Yay! It is <laughs> going on seventeen, 17 years, years married. Been married seventeen years, twenty-one years together, more than half oh, our lives. Man. Way more than half our lives. I <laughs> way more. How way old more. do you think we, we are? So young. <laughs> We're so young. <laughs> nope. We are so old. And God is We're middle aged. Good. Okay. How dare you? <laughs> you're middle aged. Just kidding. You're, <laughs> you're six you're... months older. I'm six months older. You're old. I'm middle aged. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> for now. Yeah, for now. So I I looked at you today and I just said, man, I just love you so flipping much. I, without a doubt, love you more than the day I met you. I mean, every day I love you more. And I don't mean that just in like the romantic Hallmark card sort of way. Truly. For I appreciate sure. new aspects of who God you are. God is so good. And yeah. I'm just so grateful for the time we've gotten together because oh, so it very much could have not happened. Very easily could have not happened. Mm. Um, yeah, you can read about that in our book, Fierce Marriage. But anyways, God is good. And I'm so grateful for 17 years. Every, yeah, every year, every day is just so good with you. Love you. We'll talk about that more last week, next week. I'm, I don't know what we're doing, but this is our lives, people. <laughs> kind of living day to day here. So today's a little bit of a different day. Thanks for bearing with us. Yeah, last, Let's get into the content here. Last week we talked about having the importance of having and sharing a Christian worldview with your spouse. It was a big topic. And the more we talked about it, the less we felt like we knew about it <laughs> and true. how to translate the importance of having a Christian worldview with your spouse. I think it's important. It's as important now as it has ever been, uh, especially in the social climate that we're in. So this week, we are kind of taking a little bit, I think, of a turn into talking about when is it the right time to have kids? We actually get this question. We get asked this question a lot via all of messages yeah. and emails and phone calls and all of that. So um, we're kind of going to walk through a little bit yeah. of our story, um, looking back, you know, could it have been different? Yes. But could God still use us in, in the ways like looking back and looking to now, you know, there's just all these questions. Of, well, what if we didn't have kids at that time? Or what if we had had it different? Like, yeah. 
you know, there's you can kind of play that game, or maybe you don't have kids, and you're like, well, when is the right time? And we can kind of share, shed some light on our journey, and mm. um, hopefully that might be helpful. But I think, like you said, we're going to talk about asking questions about the question. So asking the question, when is the right time to have kids? Well, that's assuming a lot of things, right? That's assuming you think that there is a right time to have kids. That's assuming that mm. you um, there's some boxes that you are already believing that need to be checked before you have kids. Yeah. So what's who's dictating those questions i guess yeah does that make sense does that feel yeah. like that's the way we're going because i felt like that was well we're just looking at the what are the premises that are underneath yeah. the surface that are leading us to ask even those questions yeah um so let's dive in with our story because i feel like uh we are a case study <laughs> in asking that question and and making these decisions maybe in probably from a wrong just from a wrong place not that the decisions themselves were wrong. I, I think we look back, like Selena said, you may be doing the math, listener. <laughs> think, okay, they just said that they're they had their oldest child when we started this ministry. Or, I don't know if you said in the video or in the podcast, I can't remember. But Della's going to be seven. But we've been married seventeen years, so we went ten years mm-hmm. before having our first child. And you we, may be asking, well, why did you make that decision? What yeah. what informed that decision? And that uh, looking we, back, I feel like that decision was 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 necessary. God has used it. I'll say that God has used it to bring us in a way to this place. We can't say if God would have done, he did what he did, right? He's sovereign. sovereign. I think it's what it speaks to. And you have to trust that moving forward with whatever decisions. But had we known what we know, had we known what we know today, would we have done the same thing? Yeah. I think there's a few routes to the summits, right? Like alternate universes. No. Another timeline. No. So we got married. (laughs) If anybody who doesn't know, uh, Ryan was 20. I was 21. We're six months apart. Graduated the same year, all that kind of stuff. We met each other um, in high school. We were high school sweethearts. We got married again at a young age and decided, hey, a six and seven year plan to not have kids seems like the way to go, right? We were. Well, even, we thought we'll be in our late 20s, mid to late 20s. Yes. And, we'll have and even kind of college and career be established. Yeah, yeah. And even though we um, decided to use birth control at that point, uh, like medicine type birth control, then we didn't have the questions. I mean, this brings up a whole nother side of birth control, right? And things that I think we can do a whole, I think, did we do an episode on that? Or we, we did with the Griffins. Yes. I encourage you to read that or listen to that. Excuse me. Yes. I think the transcript's also available on the Fierce Marriage website, but yeah. But in our journey, the first couple of years of our marriage, I was on birth control and it did not bode well for my <laughs> emotional stability. I think the hormones are crazy. So, uh, we decided to get off of that. Um, but we also wanted to control the time that we had kids. I mean, it, it was kind just of what boils, you do. That's yeah, thing, it yeah. was, it wasn't, uh, our faith wasn't being questioned in that area by anybody. We just were like, this is just what you do. And so I guess that's probably one point I would say is to, it's good that you're asking these questions, but I also think you need voices speaking into, okay, why do you think there's a good time? Um, mm. What is how? What's your mindset behind all this? So, anyways, our this is kind of just painting a picture of where we were at yeah. before we had kids. Six and seven year marks came, and we were like, yeah, still not ready. Haven't- I'd like to, but I, okay, I want to blow that out a little bit okay. because I know your outlines here. I don't want to. I don't want to skip don't too much. Skip Lena, away from the cringes. rundown. She, she cringes when I go on my tangents. Well, not tangents, unless if they contribute, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your approval. <laughs> so, so 
I, I want to look more into the, the, the psyche of Ryan and Selena, <laughs> 20, 21 years old, well, getting married. What yes. were we thinking? Okay, so we were still in college. You'd said this. We, yes. I was working full time. You were working like 20, 30 hours a week. We were both full time college students. We were very, very busy. But and so there was a sense that we don't have the bandwidth to do it. We just weren't ready to do that. The 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 ethos well, and behind our values we didn't have kids. were different too. We wanted to kind of live our lives. We wanted to have be married first. We wanted to experience life as just a married couple before bringing kids into the picture. Um, is there's a lot of big questions here? Like, are we? Can we? Were we wrong? Biblically, in that, yeah. yeah. Were we wrong in that? Or is a couple who thinks those same thoughts today wrong in that? I don't know the answer to that question because I feel like we see in in scripture this this refrain that children are a blessing right and so one of the big questions that comes through to my head is like well if they're a blessing why wouldn't you want a blessing as soon as possible mm. but we also know that children are a big responsibility blessings take work i think yeah. that we don't always see that side of a blessing right like god gives you something but you are then responsible to tend to it, not on your own, right? God right. has entrusted you and he is still present and active. But there's this aspect to it of, I think we think blessing, we think like a blank check, right? Or something yeah. like that. So Yeah, so that the work that comes along with that, but the huge responsibility, I'd argue, well, it's one of, if not the biggest responsibility in the life of your marriage. It's right? one of the biggest privileges I think you could ever have. Is Privilege, to... responsibility, exactly, yes. and blessing. And I think our perspective didn't, at that point in our lives, we we were blind to some of that, I think. Not, right. we didn't see, we, we saw the words of blessing, but we, we were just, we were kind of selfish in some ways. I'd say we were very selfish. <laughs> okay. We were trying to. I was going to say that, but <clears throat> I'm trying to like balance out what's selfishness and what is like godliness and holiness right? we're not saying this every person who has this thought is selfish i know that we were being selfish because we we felt like at least in our minds in our young kind of naive uh under doctrined minds yes i would i wanted to speak to that we we didn't understand all of kind of what the bible has to say about family kids parenting marriage yes. and so we said well we're just gonna we're just looking at the world the world says you go to you graduate from high school. You go to college. You at some point between college and your career in in there, you meet someone, you date, you court, you get married, and then at a time when you are financially viable, and your life is viable in the sense that you are independent, you're not, you know, then you can start having kids and if I, you're a responsible adult. That's the, I, the cultural refrain. I would yes, and, and I would later than that even yes, and I would say that that was informed and fed by the church that we were in at so? the time. How so? Uh, there was a lot of talk about success, about achievement, about um, mm. getting to a good place of financial stability, right? Those were kind of the themes rather than, and I'm not, this is not a, a, a dog on our past church experience, but looking ahead kind of now, <laughs> well, because is. I'm just saying the, the church that we were in heavily influenced the decisions that we made, which I'm trying to highlight the importance of the church that you go to and the doctrine and the theology that you are subscribing yeah, theology to matters. It does. It matters yeah. in your decisions and it matters in, in these decisions of being fruitful, right? God loves fruitfulness. Those were things we did not hear in that form. There was a, a heavy. You're wondering. Sorry, you're you're opening so many cans I'm of worms right to. now because people are like, "What are they even? 
we went to a church. We met at a, at a high school. Selena went to a church that was a, I would call it a word of faith church. Mm-hmm. And we, I ended up going there because Selena was there, <laughs> ended up becoming a worship leader there. Uh, and honestly, I have a lot of my early faith to credit and my early Same. belief in Christ to credit to these men and women who were leading in, yes, in that church same over time i will say this the, the focus changed yes and the focus there became it was a, there was a conscious shift within the life of this particular church that uh dr- dramatically i think went in the wrong direction and it became more of a cult of personality and more of a monolith to to the leadership of the church and less of a uh, of a representation of christ's bride and in that along with the word of faith side of things it became very uh very success oriented. Thank you. Very success driven, and that's at the at, around that time God was working in our hearts. We ended up parting ways, despite our leadership roles mm-hmm. in the church. It was a really violent time for us spiritually. It really did damage us in a lot of ways, but God took, used that to heal us. Absolutely, and, and He bring brought us around. He brought in other relationships and people that were having kids, um, that were mothering mm-hmm. and fathering young children at younger ages, and it was such a blessing for us to yeah. see. Yeah. I think more of God's plan being dis- on display. Yes. And for us to be able to engage in it. I'm thinking of our... So the whole reason we're sharing this is because the lens that we were viewing this through at the yes. time was much informed mm. by the church we were we were attending and members of at the time, which was not discipleship oriented. It mm. was not family oriented in that sense. We did not have this epiphany that kids are a blessing in the way that we see that now. That was that an afterthought. Multi-generational yes. flourishing is a thing that goes beyond the the dimensions of what that church well, was discussing. Well, the value and idea of family yep. was not what it... We did not understand it to the extent that we do today. Yeah. So that was our kind of our approach getting into marriage and then going through finishing college because we, we married young in, middle, in the middle of college. We finished college, went off to be... Uh, au pair and a groom overseas. Selena was an uh, an equestrian au pair groom. <laughs> you didn't take her to the horses. I just giggle at my. I'm like, oh, so little young Selena and I just, just tried running to, make that to ride horses and take care of kids. <laughs> I almost died. We came back. Uh, that's when we we were in a ton of debt. We didn't have any real strong prospects. We somehow got jobs. We ended up back in the same church, um, and then. About three years later, we ended up uh, moving to help plant a church in Southern California. Mm-hmm. All the while, God is evolving our views on mm-hmm. things. Still, I was starting a business, a web development business. <laughs> we were living literally hand to mouth. Yeah. Any penny I made designing and building websites went directly into paying our bills. Yeah. And that was like that for about five years. Right. And then, um, and then at some point, I don't even know when we decided, Hey, let's start have, let's have a child. I don't, when did we even make that decision? Um, you know, I think it was, it was just God's wisdom of, <laughs> you can absolutely do this and learn to trust the Lord at an augmented level, but God is so good in allowing us to kind of struggle through that together. And then saying like, I don't know, there's just no good time and we just want to have a baby. I don't know. I just felt, I don't know. God just like let us in that. And well, I think you were worried too. Cause you were, you were, um, how old were you when I had Della at 31, I was at 31 years old. So I was pregnant at 30. That's right. I had my 30. And we kind of, you know, there's always kind of that just biological ticking time bomb there, you know, and so married so, young parent late. Yeah. By the way, you'd mentioned birth control. We have clear convictions around that now, which we did discuss. 
we stopped doing that because of the hormonal thing, but then continued not using birth control because of our convictions mm-hmm. for all that time. So right. I'd say for about seven years, yeah, it was no no uh, chemical contraception right. happening. Right. So I would also encourage listeners to go listen to the interview with the Jacobsons. Just listen to. Oh, okay, sorry. I was going to say the Adam and Chelsea Griffin. Yes. On what I just that bombs talks about I just dropped. Birth control. The Jacobsons talks about how we let the the decisions of the world and the kind of the metrics the world values inform our values as Christians in this area. How we shouldn't. How they do inform our values and they shouldn't. Yes. Right. Right. Because yes. they have they have eight kids. They talk about their journey of having children. The whole idea of how God loves fruitfulness. Right. Mm. And what that looks like. Um, so there's a lot to think about, I think, when you're to pray, consider. There is, to demystify it, there's no perfect time to have kids because kids are just chaos and they're good and they're learning and they're little people and it's beautiful and it's hard. It's just all the things that you can never anticipate. It's, you just kind of, it's like a moving train you get on and try not to die, yeah. right? <laughs> like there's a lot of... <laughs> There's a lot of blessing in it and richness, but it's learned. It's not always an automatic thing. And so I think the thing that we, to kind of bring it all back together with our announcement of Fierce Parenting going live, we also wanted to talk about, because it does bear weight on this idea of having children, right? This is God's idea. This is his plan, his purpose, his design. Mm. And he has given us such a big part in it. graciously you know and so we get to ideally bring children into the world um physically or maybe that's through adoption but when is is there a right time probably not um i I, guess the questions would having waited all that time and then finally having della our oldest after (laughs) 10 years of marriage i thought to myself why don't we do this sooner? Right. So <laughs> right. I kind of was kicking myself thinking and being part a parent of, is so much better yeah. than I ever imagined. And some of that is our personalities of, you know, we have yeah. some things we feel like we want to hold out on or, you know, there's just, there's insecurities or there's, we want to wait to get this right or something, you know, there's just things that you know about yourselves as a couple that, Hey, maybe this isn't the right time. Um, but at the same time, God is so good to use children to sanctify us. And I mean that in such a, like, they're not just yeah. tools, but they are in the hands of God. And so I feel like I want to pause because we're, we're dancing around this a lot. And what we, again, what we don't want to do is to say, everyone needs to have as many kids as possible as soon as possible. Right. What we also don't want to say is, Hey, you need to plan your life according to your goals and your strategies and just right. like control every variable and get into it. Eyes wide open and bank bank account full of cash, <laughs> house paid off. Yeah. Every little every little jot and tittle is completely accounted for. That's that's the other end of the spectrum because we were talking about this the other day and I was yeah. like, okay, we get it. Like having kids is a blessing, but does that mean that we just have as many kids in as rapid a succession as we possibly can? Is that what the Bible is telling us to do? Is that right. what biblical parenthood and the biblical ethos or the biblical view right. of children? It compels us to do. I don't think it's either extreme. I think yeah. there's there's a place for discernment, a place oh, for us to listen to the Holy Spirit. Defining fruitfulness too, right? What does that look like? That may not necessarily mean it's having as many kids as possible in the short amount of time. It may mean trusting. It always means trusting that time to God um, because you may think, okay, yeah, I think we're ready to try having kids. And a couple months go past and you're not pregnant. And so there's, there's a lot that's such a miraculous process that you have to entrust to God. But all that to say, yeah. fruitfulness can look different 
right now, the fruitfulness of our children requires us having margin, requires us having time, Mm. energy, and requires us to be able to teach and recognize, okay, these are the weaknesses in our kids. Della could have a thousand hours straight with us and still want more. Well, what is the lesson here? We need to teach her how to rely on her savior in a lot of different areas, but we need time and space to do that. So to be fruitful for us, we have learned that it takes time. It takes tools. It takes energy. And these are all things that we have to consider when asking the Lord, are more children in our future? How would, how would you lead us in this Lord? Yeah. Part of um, where we where can we be obedient? I guess is the yeah. question. Not how do I feel about this, but where can we be obedient and how? Yeah, that's good. So the the thing that keeps going through my head is the is the refrain in scripture. It says, "Kids are a blessing." Right? Behold, so like one twenty seven. Yeah, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, and um, that that convicts me. Right, and they and the fruit of one's womb, a blessing. That whole notion, and I think as the psalmist was writing that. We, they, obviously, medicine is different now than it was back then. Right. It was like the childbearing process is extremely wonderful. It's extremely violent. It's extremely scary. It's also a miracle happening right before your very eyes. Mm-hmm. So th- the idea of having a kid back then was probably, okay, let's bear down and see like how this goes. Is this child going to be is, is this child gonna be delivered in a healthy way okay. without without the the mother dying in the process, right? So was there that consideration there? I'm trying to read it the way the psalmist would have written it. Okay. And that children are a blessing and heritage. And that it's rare. I feel like it's it was more rare to have a healthy pregnancy, healthy birth process. Yeah. With no well, casualties. with the amount of children that they were kind of requiring to have in some ways to right. not homestead, but to survive as a, a people. I mean, and also you hear about, uh, was it Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Isaac, uh, Jacob had 12 sons. Already. Okay. How many daughters <laughs> did Jacob have? Right. Because, you know, oftentimes in scripture, they, they would not mention the daughters. They would mention the sons because that was a, a patriarchal society. And so, I mean, what is that? Is Jacob's wife then having, you know, 20 right. children <laughs> in her lifetime? And right. is that the same thing that we're called to as as uh, parents today. Yeah, cultural so, context, yeah. Big questions, you guys, and there's big, long books about this kind of stuff. <laughs> what I want to do today is instead of sticking a fork in those questions once and for all, I really want to focus in on how God has convicted us. And you've heard our story now. We've shared our story. And now we're telling you as a marriage audience that Fierce Parenting is now a thing officially. The website is live uh, and and we want to use we want God to use it to bless His church to bless you as people. Uh, so, what are the convictions that are informing this movement uh, of fierce parenting? And we've distilled it down to what I believe to be the clearest, most all encompassing tenets, the, the convictions that we are operating, the premises we're operating off of as we curate content, as we write content, as we create resources. And the, the three tenets are these, and these are going to be foundational. God could obviously change these. He could, could, you know, cause us to have an epiphany or cause us to have a conviction that changes these because they're not nuanced enough. But right now, here they are. Ready? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to very. I'm just going to go over all three of them, and then we'll we'll go talk about each one briefly. Uh, tenant number one is children are a blessing. You've heard us say that twenty times already. Tenant number two, family is God's idea. Mm. It's not a man-made idea. It's God's idea. That's Selena's mentioned that. Tenant number three is all parenting is discipleship or Mm. all of what we do as parents is discipleship. Mm. Okay. So let's talk about children are a blessing. 
Yeah. Um, So if we're looking at scripture, it's Psalm 127. I think it's so interesting. So it's only five verses, but it's the title is unless the Lord builds the house. Mm. Um, And I'll just, I'm going to read it real quick. All of it. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that he talks about unless the Lord builds the house, then we labor in vain. And if you are looking through that lens, right, and we're looking at children, unless the Lord gives us children, right, this blessing, unless he builds our house, then we are going to yeah. toil and labor in vain. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't, <laughs> I don't want that to be heard the wrong way um, because yes, children are a blessing. And I think that anytime we have them, we just need to have ourselves have to, we have to submit ourselves to this, that they are yeah. a blessing and that God is going to build this house and I'm going to trust him in these areas mm. uh, beyond my own strength, feelings, emotions, whatever, my abilities are at that moment. So again, if there's no perfect time to have children and we looked back saying, Hey, why didn't we maybe do this sooner? But God is so good. And to use the time that we didn't have them, um, for his glory, it's, it's a big trust. It's a big continual act of trust. Well, I want to take a moment to draw attention to the, the, the conflation here in scripture between fearing the Lord, mm. walking in his ways and the blessing that it is to have a family. So what I mean by that is that there is there to have a family that, that when, when you have these children and you feel like you're blessed, you feel like you are walking in, or you feel like you are uh, there, you have a fruitful mm. family. I feel like it is directly, mm. it's very closely correlated to how much reverence and awe you have for God in terms of who he is and how he's designed uh, us to operate as people created by him. Um, There's a lot there, but I just want to read. So you read Psalm 127. I want to go into 128, (laughs) which to me is is such a beautiful, I mean, succession of Psalms here. Psalm 128 verse one, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord and who walks in his ways. You shall not, you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall Mm -hmm. be blessed and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus the man, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Um, may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children and peace be upon Israel. Mm. So this multi-generational blessing of of a household that is lived in light of who God is. It, in other words, a household that fears the Lord. Mm. And so our perspective of kids is very much informed by our perspective of God. Mm, and that mm-hmm. might be saying the obvious, but I just want to say that this is very clear through Psalms 127 and 128. If we don't see God as the ultimate authority, we don't see his word as authoritative mm-hmm. in our lives, we don't see God's vision of things, his design for everything, his law, his character, our nature as people created in his image, if we don't see that as beautiful and good and right and true, then we will probably not have a beautiful, good, right and true view of kids. Right. And we, I don't think we did. I, I think, think we, we were did, seeing them yeah. as a commodity. We were, we were just picturing this, 
you don't know what your kids are going to be like. So you kind of just caricature them into like, well, from what you see. Yeah. From other things, other people, other child, uh, adult relationships, right? Like you just kind of put stuff together and Hmm. you buy the things and your kid's going to sleep here and they're going to do all the things. And then you get them and you're like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's just, it's wonderful and amazing. Mm -hmm. But seeing, like you said, seeing kids for who they are, right? Imago Dei. And then what they are, their blessings. I think that's, you use the example of honey. Can you tell your example? <laughs> well, and this is this comes out of Proverbs. I don't know the reference, but it's uh, it, what happens if you eat too much honey. Right? right. It's a blessing to eat honey. It's great. Well, you puke. <laughs> if you eat too much of a good thing, you puke. And there's foolishness on one side of, of that equation. Right. If you go too far and do a good thing. And my question to you in our candid talk was, is that the case? <laughs> like, Obviously, <laughs> once you have a child, you're not going to say, oh, that one was too much. Like, that one. That, can't you can't well unring that, that bell? Kid, might as well name that kid puke because. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I'm I'm joking, joking right now. Yeah, but I'm saying that is there. Where do we? Because in contrast to that verse in Psalm 127, verse four, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. <laughs> Not blessed is the man who selects carefully the arrows that he is. Like if you want to be a mighty warrior, you want to take lives in battle. Yeah. You're going to fill your quiver as p- packed full as it can fit. Now, what if my quiver only fits three arrows? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> the Lord is the decider of how big the quiver is. <laughs> so, But I'm saying like... I know, I know. don't... Well, again, I think it's, it goes back to having that perspective, having not how do I feel about what God's word says, but how can I be obedient to what God's word says? Yeah. And so yeah, our the, obedience yeah. has is matched by how we view and value and are willing to submit ourselves to Mm -hmm. God's way. And so seeing children as Mm -hmm. a blessing versus a commodity, seeing children as human beings fully developed and, and people, Mm -hmm. uh, from the time of conception, there's a lot of messages that would say otherwise. So we need to just understand that there, there are a lot of things shouting at us that, and what I don't want to do is explain away hard truths to justify some cultural bent that we have. For sure. And I feel like here we're presented with some hard truths that as parents and as married people and as citizens of society today, uh, which, by the way, fertility is going down. Hmm. And it's predicted that we'll have half the world's population by the, by 20, 2100, the mm-hmm. year 2100, because there's a lot of reasons for it. But so fruitfulness is not frowned, is, is frowned, excuse me, fruitfulness is frowned upon in this way in the world and that more kids means more headache surprise right so all that to say is we don't want to explain it away that maybe like my big question is should every time a married couple has sex should every time that that happens should there be a potential of having a child during that time right that's a big question and we're going to leave that big cliffhanger out there because (laughs) it's a long long conversation i do think it comes down to is god's are we viewing children rightly and are we obeying the Holy Spirit and listening to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. lead us in that area? Yes. Instead of just listening to what's my career tra- trajectory? What's or what do I... Our standard of living? What do I want? What makes me feel like a good person? Yes. What makes me feel like a good parent? What makes is me feel... Is this child filling me? Is, right. is it becoming an idol, right? And those aren't questions we can answer in this podcast. Those are um, questions we get to pose. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> the second tenant... Thank you is family is God's idea. Once again, kind of overlapping with children are a blessing. We are 
obediently coming under the authority of scripture, mm. knowing that family is God's idea. God is identified as father and son, yeah. seeing that familial relationship being bigger and deeper than just mm. mother, father, sister, brother, right? There are, Jesus yeah. even came and said, well, like, go ahead. Sorry, what, what this is pushing against, at least as as I brainstormed this and pitched it, is this cultural notion that the family is kind of just a, an idea that evolved over time. Mm-hmm. And the family's just kind of been the Western default because of maybe Judeo-Christian values. And therefore, it's up for interpretation or it's up for grabs. And it can kind of be modified based on the cultural mm-hmm. the cultural mm. currents. That is what we're trying to push again and say, no, family is not an arbitrary construct. Right. It's not just some marriage. is not just something designed in the in the mind of man and for early society. Hmm. You believe marriage is ordained by God as an institution and family is an institution ordained by God for the flourishing of not just families who choose it, but for the flourishing of humankind hmm. and for the flourishing of the church. Total we truth. See that, we see this in Ephesians 6, okay? Paul is talking to them. He says, children, obey your parents. So he starts addressing children. Obey your parents for the in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. It may go well with you and, and you may live long in the land. Um, we see it also in Ephesians 3. For this reason, I bow knees before the Father, excuse me, um, before whom every family in heaven and earth on earth is named. Um, and that verse, that passage goes on. We see it in Genesis 1, ch- chapter 1. We see Romans 8, John 1, Galatians 3. More than that, Selena, and you, you brought this up today as we were talking before we hit record. We see family as language God himself uses, right? He refers to us as brothers and sisters. Mm. In Christ, he, it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's not Father, Soldier, Holy Spirit. It's not mm. Father, Savior, Holy Spirit. Father, Son, mm. who is also our Savior. And so we see a family dynamic constantly happening. The patriarchal society that is Israel, the generational blessings that we see unfold, mm. the the call in Deuteronomy to raise our children up in the way of the Lord. These are family all, is God's idea. Yes, family yes. is absolutely God's idea. And so when we acknowledge that truth, mm-hmm. that God has designed family, our view of its priority is completely transformed. That's right. what I want to emphasize there, right. that we can then take full responsibility for our roles within this thing that God has placed us yes. in. Our, I am the father. Yeah. You are the mother, the wife. I am the husband. Mm-hmm. Our children, our firstborn is our firstborn. Our mm-hmm. middle child is our middle child. And we embrace that our, our baby is the baby. And they all have a specific role to play. I know our friends Jeff and Alyssa Bethke, they talk about family teams a lot yeah. now. Each each family member plays a significant, specific role right. in the team. Right. And that, I think, is rooted in this idea that family is God's idea. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. so the third one here is that all parenting is discipleship. And I Ryan presented these to me, and I was just blown away because all parenting is discipleship is so true. Like, we are not simple, like, I'm not a facilitator of my children. I don't just feed them, dress them, make sure they're not fighting and entertain them. Right. <laughs> Lord help me. If that their, was all parenting was not their tour guide. There or is like, so much more to it. Yeah. If we're willing to open our eyes and ears and Lord help us our hearts to see it. Right. Like there is so much more to being a parent than simply bringing them up through the years. There is, mm-hmm. there are moments in between in these day-to-day lives that we have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to see, to discern, to respond correctly to our children and mm-hmm. ways that we are bringing them up in the Lord. It's not just to sit down around your table and do family worship. Yes, do those things. But as a mom of three, there are 
many moments that I can either build up this daughter in the Lord and teach her and train her, or there are moments that I can simply gaslight her or put her to the side and just say, you know what, go watch something, or you guys are playing, it's fine, I need to do the stuff. Like, right. And don't get me wrong, there are many days where I have to just do things like get the house clean because a bomb went off again every day, three <laughs> times a day, more than that. But what I'm saying is that as a mom, God has been teaching me to slow down and recognize those moments and let everything else go and just give in to those moments of teaching and training, discipling, loving, yeah. all of those things, because that that is what parenting is. And I think that's the blessing yeah. for a parent having a child is seeing, wow, I get to... I get to teach. I get this opportunity yeah. to teach and train. I'm not the, the their so, savior. I'm not the one that gives them salvation, but I can display this feast of who Jesus is before them and pray that they have an appetite and that God calls them, right? Yeah. So the thing that I'm, that this was specifically meant to push against. So I appreciate all that you just said, and that's absolutely true. The heart behind these tenants, as I brought them to you, and as we stand on them as, mm-hmm. a, as fierce parenting, again, this was a marriage podcast. We'll get back to marriage, but for today the heart was to push back against some sort of cultural thing that continues to influence us. Mm -hmm. Like how are we set apart? How are these ideas set apart? And so the idea that all of parenting is discipleship is a, is a kind of battle cry Mm. to the mother in the mire, Mm -hmm. uh, to the father who is, who is overwhelmed to remember that the time and attention you give to your kids is not just to get them to, to shut up, I'm sorry, but to get them to be satisfied, but it's to disciple them. Now, the thing that's pushing against for me is all parents face countless decisions each day, but the question I wanted to ask is what governs those decisions, mm. right? So Della loves anything we put in front of her, our oldest. She <laughs> she would love, like, if we take her fishing, she loves fishing and wants to fish. If we take her camping, she wants to live outside. If we plant flowers, she wants to be a farmer, like she loves, well, she kind of wants to do those things anyways. But no, there's all more. these opportunities yes. because of her age. But as the kids grow, they're going to have different interests. Well, those interests aren't always worth pursuing. And how do we know if they're worth pursuing or not? Well, we have to look at it through a discipleship lens. So mm. here's an example. All right. Let's say you have a 12-year-old who wants to participate in an extracurricular activity. So they approach you as convincingly as possible. And they say, okay, whether it's soccer or football or Mm -hmm. they want to do some sort of singing thing or art thing or drama thing or whatever their thing is, or they want to build model rockets. I don't care what it is, but say they want to bring it to you without a framework in mind. Our first thoughts will be about schedule. Our first thoughts will be about convenience, about Mm -hmm. cost, about commitment, the time commitment, about peer influence. They'll be about our own, like what are other parents going to think or what's going to infringe on my priorities as a Mm-hmm. All these things are going to feed into that decision. And if it makes it through this maze of kind of arbitrary framework, we might say to them, okay, we can do that thing. Or we don't have time. No. But what if instead, and this is my proposal here, what if instead we, we asked, we, we asked what disciples, what role does this activity play in discipling my child? Mm-hmm. If I say yes to this, yes, it'll be fun. But is there a way for it to, is it going to further their discipleship or is it going to distract from their I discipleship? Hinder. Sure. Now there are, things that don't they're not necessarily like hey okay we're gonna go do model rockets today son but first you have to memorize all of philippians <laughs> one right because that's discipleship and that's what if you want to do this you got to do this no that's not what we're saying we're saying that the framework is is this going to kind of take us to the edge where discipleship then becomes hindered or is this somehow going to enrich our relationship in a way right. that will, will amplify our discipleship right some of that's i feel like 
as it sits today, a little idealist. I mean, we have to flesh it out. Yeah. But I feel like that framework, instead of Again, just kind it's of, coming yeah. back to the questions behind the questions, right? What mm. are we asking the right questions? We can only ask the right questions if we are viewing God the way he is supposed to be viewed and he is given the we submit to his authority, we recognize his authority, and that is what governs us, not our feelings, emotions, or what the world values. So we can't we can't ask these questions if we don't know who God is, right? Is yeah. really what it boils down to. We can't ask is or when is a good time to have kids unless we know what God says about kids, mm-hmm. about has his purpose for family, his purpose for children, his purpose for flourishing and fruitfulness. And this is why we get so into the whole family vision framework Mm -hmm. because beliefs and all of that we go from making functional decisions Mm. to every decision comes from a foundational place right so what if the answers to these functional questions flowed from a deeper well i think that's yes and what if we began to ask questions like again this is from the third tenet which all of parenting is discipleship how does this activity aid in the discipleship of our child does this commitment reinforce the overall mission of our home? Mm. Okay, what if your home doesn't even have a mission? That's why we that's why you yeah. have a family vision framework. How does this activity reflect our prioritization of family? In mm. other words, if we're running every which way, we never sit down to have a meal together. Is that a biblical thing to not sit around the table and yeah. remember and get and enjoy a meal together? The years are fast, especially when you have kids. Time goes even quicker. Yeah. I know you would people might argue that, but it really does. And you have less time with them than you think um you have less opportunities and so having a family vision is such a driver for the decisions mm-hmm. that we make and i'm it's such a i don't want to say it's a safety net but it feels like we can make decisions in light of the gospel confidently because we've already made the big decisions yeah. of you know parenting is discipleship this is what this looks like yeah. So there's a lot there, you guys. And as we get into the Fierce Parenting content, we'll actually begin blowing out these ideas and applying them. I feel like the first two of the family is God's idea and kids are a blessing are kind of the foundational pieces. And then the discipleship pieces, how does it actually work itself out in our day to day? But anyway, that's to, to answer the original question we posed here around when is the right time to have kids? Okay, so I'm picturing you're a couple that's either headed into marriage, you're newly married, and you're just starting to have these conversations, or you're just wondering in general, or you maybe even married three to five years, and you're thinking, I think we might be ready for kids, but my, my spouse isn't really ready for that. How do we, when is the right time? Yeah. Our whole purpose for this episode was to get us thinking in these terms that fa- kids are a blessing. They're not mm-hmm. just a convenience, they're not a feather in our career cap in mm. our life picture that this the picture that we're painting this perfect life that we want to have instead they there there's so much more to it the family actually raising kids is not something that's arbitrary it's mm. not a decision to be made lightly nor is it a decision to be made uh outside of the framework of mm. our roles as parents of this as being disciplers which is the third one right. um is that when you do have kids if you have kids now seeing it as every moment is a discipleship opportunity and that's what governs how we right. how we make that decision. So, and none of this, this is, is possible without marriage, right? The covenant yes. of marriage. So, mm. I think we would just challenge you as a couple to go through some of these, go through these three core tenets, and talk to each other about them. Read through scripture, um, pray, spend some time, uh, just asking the questions again behind the questions. Well, why are we asking this question right now? What is informing our 
yep. the point that we are at now with this information. So hopefully that's been helpful to you guys and enlightening. Um, <clears throat> Again, I wish somebody had fierce parenting out when we were having kids or decide. I mean, we're still, we have kids, but yeah. when we were kind of in that first 10 years of our life, I think it would have, God is good, right? I have no regrets, but I also would be so grateful to be hearing voices now. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this has shed some light on that for you. Um, sorry, couldn't give you a straight answer that uh, you should have an an- you should have kids 1.3 years into your marriage <laughs> and no sooner, no later. Um, that. As you can as you can tell, that would be a silly errand, a fool's errand to try to give that answer to everyone. So the bottom line is you gotta know God, you gotta trust the Holy Spirit, and you gotta act in obedience with a heart that is solely aimed at glorifying him. Then you will be led to make the decision that God wants you to make. And we can't make that for you. So um I wanted to close with a reminder. So we have some resources. If you're looking for more resources on this, these co- coincidentally are the resources we're giving away. Uh <laughs> For our bigfiercesparenting.com website announcement that that we mentioned earlier in this episode, again you can you can enter to win by going to Fierce Parenting on Instagram. Look there; there's going to be a post. There w- there is a post there that shows you all the instructions of how to enter. But these are the five books that we hope to land in your hands. The first one, one of my absolute favorite books on the topic on family, it's called Family Worship by Do- Donald Whitney. Mm. You can check that out. Um, it's available anywhere books are sold. A new one that just came out this this month, actually, is by Matt Chandler and Adam Griffin. It's called Family Discipleship. We got the the, the joy of endorsing mm. that book and reading it in advance. Incredible resource uh, for any family that wants to um, be more discipleship-focused. Um, we also mentioned uh, Fierce Marriage is also one of those books. You probably know about that. You can find that anywhere books are sold. Um, what's the other one? Oh, Risen, Risen Motherhood. Mm-hmm. Selena Recently just contributed released, an article yeah. to them. Uh, that book is phenomenal. I haven't read it, but I've heard it's it's phenomenal. <laughs> uh, what's the fifth one? Oh, it's Parenting by Paul Tripp. Yes. <laughs> Just the perennial classic. Good old Paul Tripp. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Paul David Tripp. No, Paul My Tripp is the, is the voice in parenting right now. Yes. And for good reason. He yes. is hearkening the message of the gospel for parents around the world. And if you are uh, wanting to go deeper in the gospel truths as they apply to parenting, definitely pick up that book. I think that's all five. Yeah. Okay. I think that's all five. Yeah. Okay. So, um, again, go to Instagram, follow Fierce Parenting, and find that for more info. Other than that, wow, let's pray us out. Um, yeah. Because we need God's help. Lord, you're good. We need you. We trust you. Um, thank you for your design for family. Thank you for the blessing of children. And thank you for the call, and the missional call to discipling our kids mm. and to training them up in the way they should go. And, and that your promise that it will go well with them if they learn obedience and that uh, if we disciple them faithfully. I pray that you would um, give us hope um, wherever the marriages are, wherever the parents are that are listening to this, that you would be our hope, our eternal and present hope, Lord. Jesus, we are hopeless without you, but yet we do have you. So thank you. I pray for the husbands uh, and the wives who are struggling right now, even within just marriage, within loving each other well, or feeling misunderstood, or having communication problems, or even infidelity problems. I pray that, again, you would be their hope, that they would run to you, and they would do so gladly, but then also listen to your voice and obey quickly. Lord, we ask that you would, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to do those things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. This has been a chock-full episode of the mm. Fear Spirit Podcast. Yeah. Yes, I could say this episode is. In the can. All right, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, check out fierceparenting.com. 
and uh, we will Stay see fierce. you. We will see you. <laughs> we will see you in about seven days. So until then, <laughs> stay fierce. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs>